the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. So Father's Day was uh, was last weekend, and I got my dad what I thought was the perfect gift. He yeah. is a lifelong Baltimore Orioles fan. My dad's in his mid-80s now, so I mean, I'm talking, he's going back to like the 50s. He's been winning teams, losing teams. He wears a Baltimore Orioles hat like five days a week. He is just loves that team. Lives Excellent. and breathes the Orioles. So okay. I thought, found the perfect gift for him for Father's Day. I got him a Baltimore Orioles trivia book. Oh, cool. Ordered it through Amazon, had it gift wrapped and put a little note, you know, like the whole bit, like happy Father's Day, Dad, and I love you guys, I love that, you know, love from us and enjoy the Orioles trivia. You're the only person I know that can probably answer every question in this book. So he left me a voicemail about the book. Mm-hmm. And he said, hey, thanks for the book. I could not answer one question. I was like, wow, I thought I won the note. I put, you could probably answer every question. He said, the publishers made a mistake. The cover is Baltimore Orioles trivia. Inside, it's all hockey trivia. (laughs) (laughs) Whoopser. So now you'll be emailing him the return receipt. I texted him, well, you now have a collector's item, don't you? (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) That's hilarious. I've never heard of that. That a publisher, Which I mean, hockey it, team is it, I wonder? No, it's just like hockey, just hockey in, general. in general. Yeah, it's like general yeah. hockey trivia. That's hysterical. Or you should text him, well, you need to expand. <laughs> there's more There's more to the sporting world than just baseball, Dad. Which wow. you'd have a tough time convincing him of that. That's funny. What a, <laughs> That is like, what a swing and a miss, because you had the best. Good one. Thanks. Swing and a miss. Baseball yeah. humor mm-hmm. there. Good. So I was talking about my dad uh, called me about the Father's Day present I got him. It was supposed to be Baltimore Orioles baseball trivia. And that's what the cover on the book said. But inside it was all hockey <laughs> trivia, which is really you know funny. Happens. But my dad, he's getting up there. He's 85 years old. And when I called him on Father's Day, he didn't pick up. And you wait till you hear what he was doing. Why he could not pick up the phone at 85 years old. He's incredible. We'll talk about it next. So my dad, he is something else. I, I, he is like the ageless wonder. He's 85 years old. And when I called him on Father's Day, he didn't pick up. And then I had a voicemail from him uh, later that night. And it said, hey, sorry I didn't pick up. I was out mowing the grass. He's 85 years old. Now, when I say mowing the grass, my dad's got, he, he lives in, on 10 acres. And he has his own landscaping company. He's out mowing somebody's grass every day of the week. I mean, he doesn't, he has one employee, my stepbrother, who helps him part time, and that's it. He's out taking care of all these lawns. Even on Father's Day on Sunday. Well, he took care of his own (laughs) on Father's Day. And I just thought, when is he going to stop? Hopefully never. That's how you live that long. When will he slow down? Get it, get it. That was my my his mom, my grandmother, Boots. She lived up into her nineties and was the same way. I mean, yeah. just like go 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 mm-hmm. right up right up to the very end. So, and you said she's the only person who drank more coffee than you, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I think I'm kept like per gallon per person over the course of a lifetime. I'm slowly catching up to her. Yeah, there's yet <laughs> another coffee study out today. Yeah, about how like you're less likely to get liver disease or something positive about coffee. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've, so. I've said about my grandma, Grandma Boots, that she probably would have actually died five years earlier, but the caffeine just kept her going. <laughs> her body was like, not yet. Preserved her. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> we still got some energy left. Not yet. And that's the funny thing about my dad. He he drinks no, no, I mean, no caffeine at all. Like a Coke, but not for the caffeine. He'll have that like on a hot day or no something. No coffee? Nope. No wow. coffee, no nothing. No that's coffee, shocking. no alcohol, no nothing. He's like, he'll have like a, a glass of water. That's I, it. I wish we could get the audio just then of you going, no, I mean, no, no, no I mean, no, no coffee. <laughs> that was awesome. One of my favorite things on social media is that feature they have on uh, Facebook. Facebook memories. You ever Best. look at those? Love it's those. so much fun. And one came up with me and my wife and two of our daughters from eight years ago, where my wife and I pulled off what I'm going to call one of our best ever parent pranks <laughs> that had our daughters going, no, no, you're not. And we said, yes, we are. I'll tell you what it is next. So one of the best Facebook memories ever came up on my uh, my Facebook feed today. Yeah. And it was eight years ago today that my wife and I took our daughters to go and see One Direction. Oh, how funny. I cannot describe to you the crazy fanaticism that my youngest daughters, April and Amber, had for 1D. I mean, it was bad. Like, one of them got Squealing, the whole deal. One of them got in trouble at school because that's all she would talk about. (laughs) Like, had the One Direction notebooks, One Direction t-shirts, would talk endlessly about One Direction, and it wound up being a thing at school that she got in trouble for. So, this picture came up of them. They're now 20 and 22. At the time, they were 14 and 12, or 20 and 21. At the time, they were 13 and 12. Oh, funny. And the picture is them in the back seat, thumbs up with their little 1D shirts on, going to the concert. It's all fun and games, right? Well, halfway to the concert, we told them, hey, not only are you going to the show, but we we have the two seats next to you. We're going too. My daughter, Amber, lost it. She was like, no, no, you're not. No, this is our thing. You can't go to our thing. And we're like, oh, we're going. Now, we had bought seats. We bought no, we got them good seats. We bought nosebleed seats on like StubHub or something like that. they still were by themselves. We got them dirt cheap because it was like the day before the show and someone was looking just not to lose all their money. Yeah. So we bought, but right up to like entering the gate, we had them believing we were sitting next to them. And she was just like not having it. She was so upset. That's hilarious. And we got through the gate and we're like, hey, okay, here's the surprise. We're going, but you're sitting by yourselves. You get to pretend you don't have parents. <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't drive you, you know, here. Should one of the guys from One Direction get, you know, make eye contact with you, <laughs> he will think, oh, what a mature young woman who does has no parents. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it was one of the best parent That's pranks hilarious. ever. And it was such a fun time, too. <laughs> Do you need motivation to exercise, like uh, maybe setting a walking date with a friend so you'll be held accountable? What if we you could ex? What if we told you exercise means more money in your pocket? How so? Turns out, people who exercise before or during during middle age typically save anywhere from eight hundred to eighteen hundred dollars a year on health costs hmm. after they retire. Yeah, but you spend that 800 to 1800 on 
athletic wear and <laughs> fancy watches that track your heart rate. You don't need the gear. <laughs> protein shakes. Just a good and... pair of running shoes or, or a great exercise video with a couple stretchy bands. I spent you're 18, good to go. $1,800 on protein powder alone. Oh, my. <laughs> just in my effort to try to stay healthy. Hey, did you do anything homemade or crafty for your wedding? My mom sewed all the bridesmaids and uh, flower girl dresses. Check this out. Esther Andrews knit her own wedding dress. She did it every day while she was on the subway. Took her nine months. She gets her fabric and her needles out and just starts going to town. She didn't finish until the day before the wedding. Esther used more than four miles of mohair lace yarn to make the dress, which was designed with layers of ruffles, a tiered skirt, long sleeves, and a V neckline. People on TikTok are raving about the dress and just how beautiful it is. Hmm. But can you imagine being brave enough to take white lace, mohair lace onto a subway and knit? Wow. I mean, I it could have gotten so dirty. It's white. It's a white wedding dress. And can you imagine knitting a white wedding dress on, on subway. A, a subway? It's pretty dirty, usually. So we're talking about um, homemade stuff for your wedding. Did you make anything for your wedding? The only thing I made was my father-in-law cry. <laughs> oh, gosh. Why did she pick him? That's homemade. Why did she pick him? No, but seriously, we're talking about did you have anything homemade in your wedding. I know you did, Taylor. We'd love to hear from you. Let's swap some stories about stuff that you made for your wedding. Hey, Juice. So how about you? Did you have anything homemade at your wedding? I made my wedding cake. Ooh. Were you pretty good baker already? Or did you just like, I got to figure this out because I got to save money? My mom taught me when I was young how to make cakes. And so when I got married, I made my own wedding cake. So what did this cake look like? Was it like three or four tiers? Uh, was it white? And it was a very ornate? It was a two-tier with a double staircase. Wow. Ooh. Were you scared about dropping it? No. <laughs> I'm so impressed. How did you get it to where you were having the reception? Yeah, I just carried it in my car, and then I finished putting the touches on it once I got to the church. And then you got married. Yep, and it was great. You made your cake, and you ate it, too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> you would have thought that I had gone back to the pioneer days in my house last night. I mean, it was, it was close to Little House on the Prairie for a very specific reason. I'll tell you what was up next. It might as well been like the pioneer days at my house last night because... You wore your bonnet. <laughs> no, I don't own a bonnet. <laughs> I should get one, though. Um, no, we had the power go off for a couple hours. Oh, no kidding. And it was right around dinner mm. time. So you're like, okay, what are we going to have for dinner? And so luckily I had something that, uh, some leftovers in the fridge that tasted good cold. Uh. And then my sister later was like... You could have lit your gas stove like yourself mm -hmm. manually. I'm yeah. like, oh, I didn't think of that. And then the other thing that happened is I had a load of clothes uh, sheets in the washer that were done. Luckily, they had finished before the power went out yeah. because I just had guests in town. So I had all these sheets, like giant, like fitted sheets, large sheets. I'm like, oh, they're going to get so funkified 
if I leave them in the washing machine and they mm-hmm. start to like get all moldy Moly and gross, and, run and then I got to rush them again. And what if they don't them. get as clean? You got to clean the washing machine too. Yeah, it's a big pain. Yeah, so I used my banister and I had laundry hanging all over my house. <laughs> it looked like, and now I'm like worried because my husband may see because he's got this little app on his phone that shows how much power we use every day, and when he sees how much power I saved. By not putting the sheets in the dryer, I'm afraid he's going to be like, hey, this is a way we can save. I like this idea. You know, he's a financial planner. You're going to be in the backyard, like, beating the carpet soon. (laughs) Not allowed to run the vacuum cleaner. Don't you have zero res? I do, but (laughs) my husband likes it when I get out here and do this. (laughs) So, yeah, it was weird. My neighbor and I were texting each other. She's like, is the power out at your house, too? And I'm like, yep. She goes, looks like it's PB&J for dinner tonight. And I'm like, yep. Nothing makes you instantly aware how much dependent you are on electricity like the power going out, right? So, uh, Taylor, you said something a second ago about mm-hmm. uh, the power going out at your house and and that Glenn, your husband, he has an app on his phone that tracks how much electricity you're using. Yeah, he got it from our electric company, can I sadly. Just say, <laughs> can I just say, if Glenn lived in my house, mm-hmm. he would slowly go insane. Really? Because of the electricity use in our house. Oh, you should see. How, just the two of us, if I do laundry... It's through well, the that's roof. what I wanted to focus in on is the laundry thing because there are we have six people in our family, four of us still live live in our house, and everybody does laundry. It's like the laundry machine, the washing machine or dryer is going all day long, all day long. Someone's like, "Hey, does anyone have anything in the washer? Hey, does anyone have anything in the washer?" And I'll tell you, occasionally I'll be like, "I wonder if whatever's in the dryer is done because I got to throw my stuff in and I'll open the dryer and like my daughter will have one thing in there." <gasps> No. Why are we running the dryer for one thing? I needed it for work. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Glenn would go insane in about 48 hours. He probably would. Following following his little app. That's why I won't get stuff like that. It's it's better I don't know. Ignorance is bliss. Yes. If I knew, I would slowly go insane. But you see what your bill is every month, and that's hard enough. (laughs) I can't imagine what it is compared to ours. I don't even want to talk about it. Ours is $80 a month. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. That is Little House on the Prairie. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, if you're the parent of a teenager, man, you know how challenging that can be. Navigating the world of social media, a year of your child learning online at home. Maybe you've got a teen that stays up until all hours playing video games or scrolling through TikTok and then is belligerent in the kitchen the next morning. Mm. Well, parents are burnout and on edge. And there are three words they're saying every parent of a teenager needs to hear right now. You ready for this? Ask for help. Mm. Talk to your youth pastor, your pastor, maybe sign up for a parenting class online. Join a group like Moms in Prayer. Parenting a teen is not for the faint of heart, and it's not to be meant to be done alone. Mm. So they say the three words that every parent of a teenager needs to hear is ask for help. Yeah, no kidding. And it seems like it happens overnight. They go from treating you like you are a superhero to all you get is eye rolls. And mm. and you, if you're mom, you get this response. Mom. If you're dad, you get this response. Dad. <laughs> and, and that's like it. For the teenage years, it's tough. Those are some stormy seas ahead. We're going to keep you guys in our prayers, moms and dads. And if you've got teens and you've you've figured out some secrets to keeping things peaceful and moving forward in your home, we'd love to hear from you. 
boy, those teenage years, they can be rough, especially with parenting. And, and boy, you just go through so many. It's a roller coaster ride. Hold on tight. So if you have some advice on raising teens, we'd love to hear from you. Maybe you've been through the fire. Come out on the other side and you can help somebody out with you know what you went through sharing it. We'd love to hear from you. Renee, so we're talking about how difficult it can be parenting teens, especially nowadays. Uh, do you have any tricks or tips that worked for you? Well, I have a pretty extreme um, tip to offer, but I just felt really uh, like I needed to call in and share. Yeah, let's hear it. Um, well, there is, uh, if you're really, truly at the end of your rope, there is a place called Shepherd's Hill Academy, and it's a Christian boarding school program for troubled teens. Mm. Um, and my son is spending a year there. It's sort of back to basics. There's not uh, a computer screen to look at for a year. Ooh, um, wow. he's going to come and back a different kid. He comes home once a month and really don't have the words to describe the change in his character, his respect, his responsibility. It's life-changing, and it's an extreme decision, but I just want more parents to know that Shepherd's Hill Academy is out there to help them. Renee, was it a crisis that led you to this point, or was it strategic? It was an ongoing problem, and um, the lockdown, the living on a computer 24 hours a day Mm -hmm. was was the tipping point. As a mom, did you struggle with, uh, this is no judgment, but I would think, like, I'm, I'm admitting that I can't do this by sending them there. I'm yeah. admitting like a failure on some part. Did you struggle with yes, that? It's like, uh, yeah. What, what kind of parent am I that a, I can't figure this out that B I'm, I'm, I'm going to send my child away. Mm. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's the heartbreak is profound and mm. um, we're 11 months into our 12 months and I'm seeing the end, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel and mm. it's, I'm so filled with joy to know it was the right decision. Yeah. It, yeah. And I Got can't imagine where we would be if we hadn't have done it. Yeah. It sounds like it was great for you guys. Well, thanks for being so vulnerable with us and sharing that. Cause I know there's probably a mom and dad that is, is exactly what they needed to hear. So thanks for calling. You know that feeling when you're dying to get home to see your baby after a long day at work? Coming up, why this young mom is being praised for her selfless act. Hey, this is your guarantee to put you in a good mood story of the day. You know that feeling when after a long day at work, you're just so anxious to get home, see your family, see your kids, especially if you've got a baby at home. Well, this young mom is being praised for her selfless act. Keely Harper lives in Mansfield, Georgia, and she was driving home from her job as a waitress at Rooster's Drive-In. She could not wait to get home to see her little 14-month-old daughter, Harper, when she drove by a car totally on fire, engulfed in flames. Mm. And she could have, young woman, all by herself, late at night, she could have just dialed 911 and gotten home to her baby girl. But she thought, what if someone's in there? So she pulled over, and sure enough, there was Ashley, and she was stuck. She was severely injured, Hmm. and Harper lifted her up under her arms, and or Keely did, her baby's Harper. Mm -hmm. Keely did, got her out of there, got her safe, and when she was asked about a heroic act, Keelan said she thought, if I don't stop, no one will, and she thought, if that were my daughter someday, Hmm. I would want someone to be there for her. Wow. And that's what got her to pull over. Wow. Ashley wouldn't be alive if it weren't for Keely. That is really something. What a young woman.
Isn't it fun when you get to know someone who works at a certain company and all of a sudden you get the inside scoop? You and learn like, how they make the sausage. Ooh, this is fun. <laughs> like, um, I'm specifically talking about people who work at theme parks in Orlando, Florida. And uh, one of the, the things I learned is if you work at Disney World, you're called a cast member. Mm-hmm. And when fellow cast members meet each other, And they see that iconic little uh, name tag. They go, oh, where do you make your magic? (laughs) Instead of what department are you in? It's where do you make your magic? So I think every other company should steal that. But I'm specifically referring to my nephew. Yeah. My nephew, Lance, his buddy, Michael, they graduated from college together. Mm -hmm. And he's one of those super high tech guys who knows how to write all kinds of software. And he, he got out of college and developed the app for Universal Studios that you have on your phone to like download your tickets and no find kidding. your way around the park. And nice. like if you have that app on your phone, Michael, Lance's buddy from college, developed that app. So he can get Lance free tickets to go to Universal when he goes. And so he went with his mom and dad and he gave him the inside scoop to some things. And I'll give you two of them because there's a lot. But here's my two favorite. Number one, if you ever go to the section that looks like the scene from the Harry Potter movie, Diagon Alley. Mm -hmm. I mean, you literally feel like you walked on the set. There's a dragon that once an hour it blows fire and smoke and its eyes light up. They emit a high frequency sound to scare away the birds before the dragon breathes fire huh. so that no birds will croak in the process because <laughs> that would horrify the guests. Barbecue birds. Yeah. So that's tip number one. Tip number two, if you ever go to Universal Studios in Orlando, if you're willing to do the single rider line, if you're willing to ride the ride and say hi to your family at the end and like, okay. oh, did you like it? Why is that? You will. There was one roller coaster. I think the new Jurassic Park roller coaster. They were waiting for that. If they had gone and they wanted to all sit together, it would have been a two and a half hour wait. They went into the single rider line, got through in five minutes. No kidding. Yep. Just because they were willing to split up. And my sister said it's super fun to like get on the roller coaster and start talking to people and be like, where are you from? And have you ever ridden this ride before? And just making conversation. She loves to chat. They're not grumpy after standing in line for two and a half hours. Well, you're no, because like, you're in the single rider lane. Right, but you've zipped through and you're sitting oh, next to somebody true. that's been in line for two and a half hours. <laughs> I didn't think about that. <laughs> not the most pleasant part. So now you the have world. the inside scoop. Thank you. Thanks for those heads up. Hey, do you know someone trying the latest fitness craze, intermittent fasting Uh, My friend Heidi does it, and some people fast a day or two a week. Some people eat all their food every day within a six-hour window. Researchers at the University of Bath in England set out to determine, does intermittent fasting work? Turns out people who reduce calories lost fat, but intermittent fasters ended up losing muscle mass. Bottom line, there are many health benefits to fasting, especially spiritual benefits, but losing fat may not be one of them. Yeah, it's, I'm sorry, your body's just not designed for that. End of story. That's where I come down on it. That's like not a good idea just to go for like 15 hours regularly. I go 12 hours and I heard it's so good for your, you know, like your liver and that kind of thing. But 12 hours is Mm. easy. All you do is make sure you finish eating dinner by 7 p.m. and then don't eat breakfast until 7 a.m. Done. This is one of those things we'll have to agree to disagree on. (laughs) 
It's just it's just your body's not meant to go half the day with no nutrients. But That's I was it. sleeping gotta, most of that time. You got to feed the machine, man. Got to feed the machine. You know how a lot of employees are being told you'll never come back to the office? Coming up, why companies don't want remote, remote workers if you live in this certain state. So what's the status at your company when it comes to working from home or coming back to the office? Some companies are saying right after 4th of July, hey, we want you back. Mm -hmm. Uh, Big banking companies are saying that. Others, like my neighbors, both of their companies that they work for are saying, don't ever come back. So you'll find this fascinating. Companies whose employees can work from anywhere are are saying if you live in Colorado... No need to apply. They don't want you. Hmm. But here's why. There's a new state law in Colorado that when you have an open position, you have to disclose the salary. It's designed to narrow gender wage gaps and provide pay transparency for employees. But to avoid having to disclose that information, companies anywhere else in the USA are saying, nope, don't apply if you're from Colorado because we're not disclosing the salary. Hmm. So don't even... Don't even bother. That is true. That's a thing, by the way, about the salary. Because my, my daughter, April, she was poking around online looking at some job openings and stuff. And I suggested, why don't you try sales, specifically jewelry sales? I think my daughter would kill it at jewelry sales. And so we went and looked, and there's a bunch of jewelry places hiring. She's like, how much does it pay? And it says nowhere on. They list Mm-mm. the benefits. They list health insurance, 401k, all this stuff. But they do not Most tell companies you are that way. Yeah. what the pay is. Yep. Usually you don't get that unless they're offering you the job. Then you finally find out the salary. Mm. And they ask you, I heard a funny story of my first job in radio. I got the job. I actually worked a weekend before I ever filled out any forms. It was like a last minute thing. They're like, can you get here today and do this? I was like, absolutely. So I get there, I worked the weekend, and then I filled out the form. And it said on the, the employment application, desired salary. <laughs> so I put $1 million. And they were like, do you really think you're getting a million dollars? I said, no, but that was not the question. The question was desired salary, not what do you reasonably think you're going to get. <laughs> So I'd already had the job, so I felt free to be a little smart, Alec, <laughs> putting putting that number in there. So a job interviews, they can be nerve-wracking, right? You go in, you want to make that great impression, you don't want to do anything wrong. You're very, I don't know if there's a more self-conscious scenario on the planet than a job interview, right? Especially if you desperately need it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If and you're then, just poking around, it's not too bad. But Then they ask you that question, what salary do you desire? Or well, how much money or do you um, do you need to make? How do you answer that question? Have you ever been posed that question in an interview? And how do you respond to it? Would love to hear how you've handled that one. Miriam, so we're talking about that moment in a job interview. I don't know if you've ever experienced, but I have multiple times where they go, so what do you think uh, you're going to need salary-wise? How do you answer that question? So I think people should always research, of course. You know, if you're if you're experienced as a server, then, you know, you tell them I have experience or if it's a management position, but I used to manage healthcare and I used to have a lot of young women that worked for me okay. and they would come and say, Hey, I feel like I need X, Y, and Z. I need a raise. Okay, great. Tell me why. And then I always used to ask them, well, how much do you want? And they'd be like, I don't know. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, as a female, especially I'm like, we always devalue ourselves. We don't ever feel like we should ask for more mm-hmm. a lot of times. So I always used to tell them, well, I want you to go think about it and then come back to me with a number. Hmm. Because okay. they, they never would be prepared for that. Um, so I think huh. that's a life lesson that 
that females and men need to know. Have a number in mind because a lot of people are just embarrassed to even ask. You know what so, I've, I've said before, and I thought this was genius, but it proved not to be. Uh, I would go, well, <laughs> if we're at the point where you're offering me the job, then I'm comfortable talking right. about salary. But if we're not there yet, then I'd rather wait. And they go, right. and here's their response. Well, we just kind of want to get an idea. <laughs> <laughs> and then right, you say, right, well, right, I kind of right. want an idea, too. I should have said that, right? <laughs> right, right. right. But I thought right. I had headed I'm, it off at the pass, but it was not the uh, not the yield right. that I thought it would be. <laughs> Do you have any advice on right. women finding out what they're worth, what they should be paid? I mean, I think it just depends, of course, you know, what, what industry you're in and, you know, what, what it depends on. But I think just in overall, mm-hmm. women just do not ask for as much. And I think that's where the gap has happened. Wow. You know, we just don't, we just don't value ourselves like that. Wow. Or we're afraid to ask. We're actually, we're just afraid to ask. That's and I find myself stuff. even doing that and I was in management. Absolutely. Wow. So, okay. That, Thanks that for calling, Miriam. This is invaluable yeah. advice. Pre- appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Y'all are great. Thanks. Bye-bye. So do you have certain friends in your life that can get you to do things or try things that you would never normally try? <laughs> um, I, thankfully, I have several friends like that because I can be kind of stuck in a rut type yeah. person. Like I have this one friend. I'm having this surreal experience. I'm like, only you could convince me to do this. And it, we went to the Magic Kingdom at Disney World dressed in the same mini t-shirt with matching heart-shaped red sunglasses. And I'm like, this is just not me. I am not a Disney person. I'm not a dress-alike with my bestie as an adult thing. Uh-huh. But we did it, and it was a blast. But I had another friend. She um, she imposed this experience on me by giving it to me as a gift And I've told this story on the show before, Kev. You'll remember, she got me to go try Soul Cycle, a spin class for the very first time. Uh uh And I'm a mountain biker. I'm a road cyclist, kind of, every once in a while. I'm mostly a mountain biker. And I didn't really know what to wear. So I wore my cycling shorts Mm -hmm. and a cycling jersey. I look like a fool. There was all these... Hot little things, wearing the little spandexy type, like athletic wear and like cute little tank tops with crisscross things in the back. <laughs> and I'm there in my bike shorts and my bike jersey. And I was so. And your helmet. <laughs> <laughs> it was just one of those experiences where I'm like, I will never be cool. But it could have been worse because just recently at the exact same Soul Cycle class where I was. Mm-hmm. A celebrity showed up because he heard the theme of the class was, I think it was One Direction versus the Jonas Brothers. It was okay. like a battle. Yeah. And he heard about it and he showed up at the class. And it was caught on video. And if I had been in that video wearing my cycling outfit with all the pretty little things that were taking the class, I would have been so embarrassed because it's gone viral, of course. He just walks in and all the women start going, swooning. Right. And he actually got on the bike and led the class for a while. The whole thing. This, this, it's right down the street. Like and the, you would have, you would have been there. Same cycle. I was your, there at. And your cycling garb. <laughs> you would have probably said to dripping in sweat. You would have said to one of the young things, "That's so great that you brought your mom." <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Stop. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.